Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the Dream Chasers podcast. We took a, a, a little break. I think it's been like three weeks since we had three, four weeks since we launched the last podcast. Just different things. Got sick. Well, I got sick. Not COVID, so don't trip. Uh, Rafael had some stuff going on, and then we're just trying to line up guests. Um, but we're back, and this is a special episode. This is the first episode that we have our producer here. So Crystal, our special guest today, gets to... Uh, get to enjoy that so uh, we just want to give a special shout out to mestizo audio hector thank you so much for having me i'm super stoked to be here guys heck yeah so you guys will dramatically notice the improvement in our podcast uh just quality everything so we're on the up and up so thank you that's what i'm here for man perfect i'm here to make your dreams come true there you go dream chasing heck yeah (laughs) okay awesome so we got a really special guest today um it took us a week to uh, a couple weeks to like line it up and stuff just because she really is a girl boss, she's busy, has a lot of stuff going on, but she was able to make some time in her schedule for um, us, and we really wanted her on the podcast, just because she's very diverse in what it is that she's doing. Um, not only is she you know, a Hispanic entrepreneur, she's also in the corporate world, she has just businesses all over, not just in the US, it's like international. So it's really inspiring to see what it is that she's doing, because she's also very young, which usually, um, you know, the things that she's doing is like somebody that's like a corporate dude that's been here for years. And you it's just it's crazy. So we're going to uh, hear her story, dive into it. Um, but I just want to I'm Hispanic, but I have a hard time rolling my R's. So <laughs> if you notice, it, like, you're like Chris, you're like my kid, Rihanna. Yeah, for I can't do it, dude. I, I try to practice it, but I can't do it. So just got to push the air out, dude. All you got to do is so we got after. Crystal Guerra. Guerra on the on the podcast today so thank you crystal for making some time and being on the podcast with us absolutely it's a pleasure to be here to get to know you guys and i love what this podcast is all about dream chasing um you know that's all also kind of been a motto of mine and focus of mine and so excited to to get into it for sure perfect yeah now we feel like uh our listeners are going to learn a lot um like we talk about the, the podcast is for anybody who chase their dreams not just in the entrepreneurial realm but in the corporate world or if you don't even want to do either of those and your life is just i'm just gonna live my life carefree do what i want roam the streets then cool that be the best at it um and that's what we try to try to teach people so i you know i forgot to introduce uh rafael the, the co-host here you're good bro i'm here <laughs> i'm just i'm just listening i, I love this podcast too so what, yeah. what was it that you said first long time listener first time what first time caller <laughs> there long you time go listener, first there time you caller. Go. so we're here uh, yeah so so crystal uh tell us a little bit about your story yeah, for sure. So, um, Crystal Guerra and <laughs> my parents are from Mexico, um, both immigrants from Mexico. And so first generation and I grew up, I am a Utah native. Um, hence I don't have an accent. People, you know, always <laughs> want to know where I'm really from, from, I grew up in a small town of Santa Quinn, um, which it's funny because people that are from here don't even know where that's at. So it's on your way to Vegas. Yeah, it's that's all I know. It's like on the way to Vegas. Yeah. Sign. If you need the gas before you head out, you know, um, it's down uh, south of Salt Lake about an hour. So grew up there. And um, yeah, my background in business and marketing came from my dad, who's an entrepreneur. Um, he's been over 25 years, his own business owner of a commercial farming. And oh, so cool. he has a pretty large farm and we grow everything from fruits and vegetables and we'll start planting season here in about a month and that will go all the way through October. So the rest of the year he's just off, but I kind of grew up helping out with the family biz and I still do that. Is that out in Santa Quinn, the farm? Mm -hmm. Okay, It's down in Santa Quinn, kind of pacing area. We've got some fruit stands that are open six days a week and then we do the big farmer's markets here. And so when I'm not at you know running international business for corporate america (laughs) i'm slinging peaches on the weekend and then um doing my own hustle as well on the side so i feel like i'm always always up to something but that's that's the life of you know dream chasing is multiple streams of income and doing whatever you have to do so i do have a question so what got your dad into wanting to become an entrepreneur because my parents are from Mexico, too, and they have no entrepreneur bone in them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My dad started working in corporate. So, um, I mean, I think growing up for him in Mexico, he was always a hustler. He used to sell limones, um, lemons <laughs> on the side. Like, he'd pick fruit from wherever and just 
hustle it at the market at the Tianguis. Yeah, yeah, you know about that life. I do. I actually have an aunt back in Mexico. She's a chicken um, farm, and so they would in in the morning when we'd go visit in Mexico, my brothers and I, mostly my brothers, because I had a hard time killing the chickens, but they were up first thing killing them, and then they would pluck all the feathers and just chop them up and take them in buckets to the market. And so he just kind of grew up with that instilled in him of you know, just making, making, doing whatever you have to do to, to kind of survive. And so he had that and he always loved produce, vegetables, like just true fruits of your labor farming. And so after coming here and working in factories and then being in corporate, he worked for a federally um, funded government program that worked with campesinos and helping um, migrant workers just get basic healthcare kind of treatment um, going to a lot of the schools, preschools for migrant kids. And then he just decided that he wanted to do more. And the best way he knew how to give back was to kind of get into farming. And it was just always a dream of his. And so it is crazy that he's he owns land. He kind of figured out how to farm. He learned a lot of tips from farming. He has secrets that he won't ever <laughs> tell anybody. Like he swears he has the, the best sandias, which is watermelons. Mm. And so there's stuff that like he like really has these farming secrets that he learned in Mexico that he won't tell anybody about. But, <laughs> That's dope. But it's, it's like oh, it's so, cool. Sorry to interrupt you. It's like it reminds me of stories of when my aunts come up with this new treatment on how to yeah. cure some disease. Like, oh, yeah. we exactly. got this. We got this uh, joke, this uh, long going joke that my tia said: if you ever have an infection in your eye, you grab the chile and you rub it in your <laughs> eye, and then you toss it behind you, and you don't look at it, and it's and then it's gonna go away. Remedio, right there. <laughs> so I always go, hey tia, el chile. <laughs> yeah, you gotta pat, you gotta patent that, you know. And so yeah, he he started that way, and I think one of the things I appreciate about him is like that instilled in me was one his work ethic and then two like I love that he he actually goes and recruits um our farm farm workers from his hometown so every year he goes back and he'll spend you know two three weeks in Mexico um back to where he's from which is Jalisco and he actually brings people there and his goal is to then have those guys learn a little bit more about business and how they can do their own stuff and so we bring in mostly new workers every year. Sometimes we do get some that come back to the farm and they just get to know my family really well and um, learn a lot about what they can do to be successful and take that back home with them. Dang. That's dope, giving back. Uh, that's one of the things that we talk about like when it comes to like the entrepreneurial realm, right? A lot of people, like you learn a lot of the things and like you start making good money and stuff, but the real joy is when you're able to give back and help try to teach somebody, you know, the skills that you've learned or whatever it is that you have going on and seeing them take that and then be successful with it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of dope seeing it like in that realm, because I don't think it matters who we've talked to. Everybody who's been on the show, like that's always like one of their passions to be able to give back and help teach um, the community. Just just be able to give yep. back just because, you know, money only brings you so much happiness, right? The, yep. the success, it's always uh, being able to translate that over to others. And I'll say uh, that's that's a huge mantra of mine. I'm a big believer in sending, you know, if we're talking about the corporate world, sending the ladder back down or sending it sideways. Um, I feel my definition of success has always been slightly different than everyone else's. And that is, I believe that you the you become more successful and you attract more success by the person you become. And so if you want to be more successful, work on becoming a better person. And I have always gotten tenfold whatever it is that I'm seeking in kind of living that way and helping other people. And that comes from, you know, giving insights, giving tips, taking time out of your day. Um, but I know that's always scary for some people where they're like, oh, I, you know, if I give too much of myself away, this, that, and the other, I have built my success a hundred percent on, um, bringing value to other people and that's yeah. always come back to me so yeah no that's awesome um and you have a lot of stuff going on right because obviously you said you're part of the corporate world but you also have like your own business that you have that you run um tell us a little bit about that like how is it that 
being in the because you started which one did you start first did you start in the corporate world or did you start your um your business your I mean technically kind of I guess technically I started as an entrepreneur and helping my dad um so my first exposure into business and marketing was working the family fruit stand so it used to be when we were all little my dad would have my mom and she'd have the four of us there's there's me and three other siblings two older brothers and a younger sister and they would just drop us off and it was like, okay, when the elote, when the corn in the truck is empty, like that's when you close and you go home. And so it used to be my mom with the four kids and then my dad was out running the farm. And then as we got older, we got to the point where we were old enough to each run our own fruit stand. And so every summer it was just like my dad would count all the produce and boxes of how much he'd left. And my dad was like intense because we were his kids, but it was like for real child labor because he would he would drop us off and he like knew how much stuff he left us. Oh, really? And so, you He's know, like accountable. yeah, he would yeah. he would count everything. And he was so big on the way the stand looked. So if you ever saw him pull up, like you had to make sure to clean everything real quick, like no basura, like the produce had to be stacked. And so I didn't know that that was product display. So in marketing, there's actually terms for all this stuff. So that was my first exposure in learning how to sell and just talk to prospects and talk to strangers and even counting money. Like I got really good at counting back change, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people, especially younger people, don't even know how to do. You go to the store (laughs) and they're just like, they give you a handful of just, Uh they're like, you know, whatever the register rings up. (laughs) And I would always count back and people were always super impressed. And I just learned really good um, early on, like math, money, and how to talk to people. And then from there, I went into the corporate world um, as an intern, didn't know anything about tech. So I've been in tech for 12 years now. Absolutely love it. Um, I'm a senior director of marketing. Um, I specialize in B2B demand generation. So everything I do is closely tied to sales and growing the business and business impact. So that's kind of where I started. And then from there, I have Gara Media, which is my own agency. And I work with helping a lot of women rise up into positions of leadership. I work with a lot of youth, um, how to prepare for adulthood and how to catapult yourself into your career. Um, with an emphasis on Latino youth, because that is my background. And so I always felt like I wish somebody would have shared certain things with me about navigating cultural differences. And so um, that's kind of been my emphasis. And I do speaking engagements. I do some marketing consulting. And a lot of my brand has just kind of grown from, you know, the things that I do and what I'm known for and a lot of referrals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's dope. Um, that's it's always hard, right? Because we talk about it. It's trying to mix two different businesses together, which you've been able to like integrate them mm-hmm. and use them as one. I have to see them as something separate. Oh yeah. Um, because you know you talked about it earlier about multiple streams of income. Like that's something that is big on everybody's mind. Like how can I gain so many uh, different streams of income? How can I you know get into investing and different yep. things like that? Get in um, which, your bag. Yeah, no, <laughs> serious. It's true. Like you talk about it. Like obviously, luckily for you, your dad taught you the whole entrepreneurial um uh journey basically because you yeah. saw his and and marketing and things like that even though he didn't know the specific yeah, terms and things like that right he was doing it yep. um and that's one of the things that you know we talk about all the time and why we kind of started this podcast is a lot of you know i can speak i also speak for the hispanic people because like this is how i grew up so mm-hmm. i can't speak for other cultures but like the way that we grew up um you don't get taught these things right yeah uh, my parents first generation like they moved they came here my mom came here when she was 15 i can't remember how old my dad was uh, but my parents had us young so we grew up in the east coast of new jersey moved here and i always tell everybody like my parents came here just learned how to survive and basically they just taught us that like oh yep. you know through their journey they're like oh people tell us you have to go to school you have to do this and that in order to be successful and that's what we get taught and you know, being able to see the different sides of like entrepreneurial, being able to start your, your, your own business and things like that is not, not very common. So it's, it's hard for people to go out and want to chase those dreams and figure out how to do it without having some sort of like mentor in order to, to help you. And I will say, I love that. And I think for sure there's room for improvement as a community, as a Latino community, because we are so much further behind when Mm -hmm. it comes to leaving a financial footprint. Yes, We're not having conversations about generational wealth and Mm -hmm. passing assets to your kids. And so automatically one, you kind of start 
a little bit behind or step behind because especially if your parents aren't from here Mm because they just don't know the social norms. They culturally don't know a lot of how to provide information. I mean, through school, even when I was in college, my parents were the last people I would come to for help on homework or guidance, right? But I think what we have and what I always love and appreciate about our community is the work ethic. Mm -hmm. And so I will say UVU was kind of the engine to get me to where I needed to go, but it all started with the work ethic at home with my family. I think one challenge my parents had was my dad was really good at working and he does have his business, but he wasn't great at the financial management and the investment side. He's gotten better at that over time. He owns land. And so super impressive considering where he came from and being very self-taught. But then I think we have the responsibility to then take it a layer deeper and say, okay, yes, I have some basic skills, but then how can I use that to my advantage to get into other fields and kind of expand that? And that's what I did as I, I took one opportunity after the next and then combine them together. And so for me, I do see myself as like, I love, I love, unfortunately I love what I do in corporate and I actually leverage my degree, which was business management with a marketing emphasis. Um, but yeah, there's no reason to have to choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so often people feel like a nine to five is a negative thing these days yeah. and entrepreneurship gets put on a pedestal. But the reality is if you can do both, absolutely do both. And the skill sets that you learn, um, you know, that I've been able to learn the tech stack that I have access to the teams and resources that I have, especially when you're starting out as a small business, you don't have access to a lot of capital. You don't have access mm-hmm. to a lot of tools and resources. So you're doing all the freemium of services, right? And so for me, it's like I took advantage of learning it from a work standpoint. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to implement this into my business. And I got better at invoicing emails. And so much of that came from from my job job. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, I'm like, why limit yourself to one stream of income? Um, You know, if you can do it all, then more power to you. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. That's I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause I've, I've been one of those people that before I've talked about like, Oh, and I was, I had a nine to five for eight and a half yeah. years. Right. Um, and then you get into the realm where you're just like doing things for yourself. And then you're just like, you see this new lifestyle. You're like, wow, why can't I have this lifestyle my yeah. whole life? Um, but really I think about it, like a lot of the qualities, you know, hearing you talk, um, I, before, you know, I became an entrepreneur, I worked in, um, in healthcare. Oh, so yeah. I managed three clinics out in the Ogden area. Um, and that's what I did, you know, make sure that everything was running, meet with vendors, do all that stuff. And a lot of the skills that I use now, I, I did learn from there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, a lot of things like kind of held me back too, just because it was very like, this is your job and stay yep. within these realm. Don't go outside of it. Cause we don't want to pay you more. Yep. So it kind of like kept me like in that box. Um, and a lot of the qualities that I have now, I feel like now I'm a lot more outgoing than what I was when I worked mm-hmm. my, my old job. Um, but I needed all these different experiences. So it's true, like you can leverage. And um, the biggest thing I've learned in the, in I guess the entrepreneurial journey is to look at everything as that, as a journey, mm-hmm. to be able to see, you know, the growth and be able to take all of those, those um, like experiences and use them, use mm-hmm. them for good, right? Whether they, they be good or bad. Um, and I was going to say, I think it depends too. I'm, I'm fortunate enough that, you know, my job, like if I was working at Starbucks, for example, or I cashiered at Target for a summer, I mean, as a cashier on hourly pay, I am very, I couldn't even go to the restroom without like a break reliever yeah, or somebody, permission. they have like a chart, someone comes around and they're like, you're up for your 15 minute break or it's time for you to eat. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think it depends for sure on the flexibility that you're able to have with your work. And so, um, there's obviously differences that way, but I will say that if you are an entrepreneur that's wanting to leverage both is two things is chances are that the audience that you're selling into as an entrepreneur has a job. So my first business actually launched a global travel business. And even though it was, it, at first I was like, oh yeah, I could quit my job and just do this full time and just grind it out. A lot of the people that I needed to get a hold with had a job, so I couldn't meet with them until after work or their lunch breaks. So then I was like, well, shoot, now I have all this downtime. And so it's actually been okay for me to be able to do both. 
But then the other thing I got really good at is if you treat your business like a hobby, it's going to pay you like a hobby. And so you have to set hours and you have to have self-discipline. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle is they don't know how to be Mm self-accountable. And so it's like working out, eating healthy. I mean, no one's just going to sit there and babysit you all day and like slap shit out of your hand, right? (laughs) So you have to have some kind of Mm self-discipline. And that only comes with you being mature and honest with yourself. And so throughout my journey, I just got really good at having those honest conversations with myself and saying, you know, are you really pushing yourself? Do you really want this? Or is it just a nice to have? And so again, it's fine if you want to take 10 years on your journey or 15, that's fine. You just have to understand that you're only going to be as successful and you're only going to grow and your income's only going to grow as much as you allow it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have no one to blame but yourself if you're not making money. And, and that's what I was going to say when uh, we were talking about like jobs and stuff. Like my wife has a full time job and she has she, multiple of her friends have the same master's degree that she has. She's the only one that has the good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't because of her degree. It was because of her networking skills mm-hmm. that she was like she learned how to communicate with certain people and she she went above and beyond to provide value and stuff like that so she was offered those positions and all these hospitals are always trying to fight for her mm-hmm. to go to a different hospital and a different hospital and a different hospital while all her other friends that have the same degree are working 80 hour work weeks and make less yep and i always say my mentor always said get good at something worth getting good at mm-hmm. and I knew when I started out in corporate, whatever. I mean, you could put me anywhere. I'll find a way to make money. Um, (laughs) And so I just knew that I what I had that was a differentiator when I started my internship in corporate um, was the work ethic and was the ambition. And I can teach you most of all most of all the job stuff when I hire somebody, it's I'm going to have to train them to do whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking for can I work with this person Is this person willing to learn? And I always say I can't teach ambition. That has to come. That's the one thing I can't train you, right? Mm -hmm. Amen. (laughs) Straight up. So when I started as an intern, it was me and a BYU intern. Obviously, UVU. Oh, the rivalry there. (laughs) UVU, BYU. (laughs) Go Wolverines. But um, honestly, she treated her internship like an option. And I just remember hearing her complain about a lot of stuff. And I was the one that was like, I slept under my desk during one of the lunch breaks because I was just so tired. And I was the one that was willing to stay after and whatever they assigned Mm -hmm. me. I was like, I'm just going to do the best I can at whatever it is they want me to do. And at the end of that internship position, it was about four months. They opened up a full time position for me to stay on. And, you know, they said, we don't have a headcount right now. Just keep coming in. We'll have the new VP of marketing. If he can meet with you, um, we'll have him interview you, whatever. I just kept coming in and people would be like, hey, Gara, do you know if you have a job yet? (laughs) I was about three months prior to graduating, you know, and I was like, I knew I need to figure something out. But I was like, no, I'm just here. They just told me to show up. They just pay me hourly. And he finally had a chance to meet with me. And it was such a great conversation because he was like, already had the contract and you know he was just like yeah I've heard nothing but great things about people working with you you know you really stepped up this that and the other and he goes we'd like to offer you a full-time position to stay on with the team and I was so blown away because that you know tech wasn't on my radar I grew up not having a computer in the home and so it was just the craziest thing but yeah, I and per, also when I got the contract and you put it in front of me, I was like, I don't even know what, what to look for in here because there were so many pages. I was just looking for the number, for real? and I was just, was just like, I That's don't even care. Yeah, that was like the only thing I was like, I who knows what I what we could have said anything in there, real. you know. And so I was just so excited, and I started at forty five k. Which, um, you know, my mom worked in factories her whole life and stuff. And so the other thing is having that conversation of knowing what your worth is was hard for me because my mom, she capped out probably around 40K Mm -hmm. and she worked for the same factory for 15 years, got 50 cent raises, 75 cent raises, right? 
And I just didn't know. And so when I saw 45, I was like, I'm going to be so rich. Because <laughs> uh-huh. you just you just know yeah. what your parents' lifestyle is, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, dang, my mom made 40 and I'm making 45. Like, I'm set. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, reality hits you, right? And you understand, like, how much life costs. And you're like, okay, I'm going to need to make more, a lot money. more than that. Yeah, <laughs> A lot. Yeah. That's a good... Uh, transition i guess you could say so we've been really um focusing on like female entrepreneurship and female in the in the workplace right because we we want to encourage that um you know we live you're from utah so you know we live in a state where um it's very um like the culture is you gotta have you know get married young have kids and then the wife's gonna stay home and the husband's take care of it so the you know, we see that a lot where the women have to put their dreams on hold mm-hmm. in order to raise kids and also support the husband while he goes to school or does whatever it is that he wants to do. Right. And, you know, we want to change that because I don't know, I've said it multiple times. Like if I could have a team full of women, like it'd be awesome. Like I'd be a millionaire just because women just get things done versus like the yep. male side where we're procrastinators uh-huh. or, you know, we like to put things off. So, you know, you being in both, right, you're entrepreneur, you're also in the corporate world. How has been your journey? Because we know, I think Utah is one of like the states that pays women the least. Yep. Um, you know, compared to their male counterparts. So how has it been to you, you know, climbing the corporate ladder while also building your business? Sure. So I will say having a team of all women is awesome because I do. <laughs> and it didn't intentionally happen that way, but it's, they really have been the most qualified candidates. And so it's been amazing to have a team of all women internationally ranging from Brazil to Mexico to the U.S. And so I, you know, Utah is interesting in that sense. My parents are actually converts to the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. Um, they were Catholics. And so growing up, I grew up Mormon, no longer am. But um, it was definitely a challenge to regularly and consistently hear that your role as a woman was your only dream should be to have kids and raise mm-hmm. a family. And um, I just knew that wasn't going to be the path for me early on because I I did have so many ambitions and you know no offense to anybody that does choose that route but to anybody that's feeling like can I do both one you Mm -hmm. can I've worked with so many amazing talented mothers and then um two I would say don't sell yourself short absolutely um because sometimes the thing about life is you don't get to plan and control everything that happens and so for me I always say you know, you don't need a ring to commit to growth. And so take it upon yourself to learn a skill set, to have a backup plan if plan A is not working for you. Um, For me, you know, I was always taught that, yeah, you would meet somebody maybe in college and then fall in love, (laughs) whatever, get married, have kids, buy the house. And that was the order. And that didn't happen for me. I went through college you know, didn't meet anyone, um, graduated. And I was like, well, I want to buy a house and I'm not going to let that stop me. And so, um, purchased my first home at 30 and learn how to, uh, my first investment property actually, um, put some money into that. And I have that now, um, working on getting my second property. So it's possible in terms of how I navigated that as a woman in corporate, Um, especially in tech and being a Latina, there's not a lot of us here. Mm -hmm. Um, I got comfortable and just accepted the fact that I was going to have to be the first. And a lot of times people are afraid of that. And they say, it's hard to become what you don't see. And I would challenge people not to think that way because sometimes you're going to have to suck it up and just be the first one to do it and figure it out along the way. But what I got good at was asking questions I learned really good early on how to negotiate for myself and how to advocate for what I wanted. So after my first job, I wasn't making what I should have been making. And I knew that because I knew for a fact that I was training people who were coming on making more than me. And it's just because, uh, yeah, yeah, it's be hard. yeah, you know, and you just and when you start as an intern and you start at a lower pay, it's just going to take you time to build that. And so I got to the point where I had the conversation with my family, with my mom And I was like, I need to find another job. And this was what I would encourage, especially if you're Latino community, is I never got disrespectful with my parents, but I got good at sharing with them why, what I wanted to do. And my mom was like, te trata mal, you know, they treat you bad. She's like, I feel like 
it's a great company, like you get paid. And that's because she was of the mindset of you don't rock the boat. Mm-hmm. And you're at the same job forever and ever. And I was like, no, I just, I just want to make more money. And they were like, why? And I was like, because I can. And that was the only argument, right? And so I jumped from there. Um, I ended up making another, was it 25, 30 grand from my move from that. Um, and I remember I've, I've been in meetings where I've pitched my CEO on how much I want to make and why. Um, and so I just, you know, the worst is they're going to say no. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is I tell people the worst is going to happen is you're going to get fired. You're going to have to find another job and there's jobs openings every single day. Um, so, you know, you'll be fine, but just get good at knowing what you want and then bringing value to the table. And this is also where people fall short is I put in the work and I put in the time when you don't see me out in public or on social media or whatever. Like I am really putting in the work and getting good at something worth getting good at. And that's where people fall short is if you're going to come into a boardroom and you're going to negotiate, you better know your numbers and you better know the value and the business impact you bring. And that's what I focus on when I'm not working. Getting better. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Cause I feel like a lot of times, uh, people don't know where to turn or like, you know, you don't, not a lot of people have the mentors or, you know, you're, you're only as, what is it saying? Like you're only as good as like the people you surround yourself mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're always surrounding yourself with, you know, other stay at home, uh, moms. And again, not that that's a bad yeah. thing. Cause if that's your dream, then cool. That's awesome. But we do know, like, um, you know, you're growing up, you have dreams, like, I don't oh, think yeah. anybody, I mean, there's some kids now who say, oh, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> yeah. But most of them have dreams that you want to be doctors, lawyers, you know, different things like that. Yep. And it's like, you know, certain situations don't have to put an end to your dreams, mm-hmm. you know, because um, it's okay to dream. It's okay to chase after your dreams. And that's that's really what we want to encourage people that really um, the situation that you're in doesn't have to be, your you know, your final destination. Mm-hmm that you can make the changes necessary in order to to go out there and and achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. Um, so what is your goal like with your business? Like what, where are you trying to take this? And sure. you know. What's next? Yeah, what's next? I always say, you know, I am just getting started. I'm just getting warmed up. And it was funny because um, a few days ago, somebody asked me, uh, I was having a conversation with an older gentleman and he said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it, I welcome that one because I will happy to age like JLo and <laughs> be young forever. <laughs> um, but I would encourage people, one, to just realize to be in it for the long, long term. I, I wake up every day and I'm so excited to see what else I can learn what else I can grow. Sometimes I try stuff just to try it. Um, I had a monthly segment on um, ABC4 News for a little bit. And I mostly just wanted to see if I could be on TV. It wasn't like a huge thing. So there's some Mm -hmm. stuff where I do just to see if I can do it. Um, It doesn't have to have a big meaning behind it. And so I would say, you know, play for the long term. What's next for me right now is um, growing an international team has been a big challenge for me, just being global. Um, there's days where I'll start my mornings at 8 a.m. in Brazil and then I'll jump to Chile and then I'll jump to Boston and Denver. And so growing an international team with corporate has been great um, for my personal journey. I have a video documentary that I'm working on, which features my dad and his story and our farm workers. Um, it's called Seeds of Hope as a working title. Yeah, and dope. so I've got that. I've also got my own personal book. Um, that I'm working on and then um, continuing to kind of speak, you know, domestically and internationally. Um, I probably want to own a bar lounge sometime. Like I just have lists on my phone every day. I'm like, this would be great. I want to try this. Um, you know, I do a lot of international travel. And so I I genuinely feel like the possibilities are endless. Um, but I'm in it for the long term. I don't have like a milestone of you know, by this year, I need to do this, this, and this. I'll set goals, and then however long it takes me to become the person to achieve that, I you have to fall in love with the process. And there are short wins along the way, but if you're always waiting for, oh, like when I lose 20 pounds or when I have this much money or this much money, you're always going to be disappointed because sometimes life doesn't go as planned, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It's just different. And so I just 
enjoy the process and enjoy the person I'm becoming. And that for me has become more the chase. Like when I think of dream chasing, it's my greatest fear. And I, I've told several people this is meeting the person I could have been. And that is always like that's, my that's thing. Deep. Like, <laughs> that's way deep. yeah. And so when I, I when I travel, like it just, you know, I meet other women and I'm like, oh my gosh, that could have been me if I would have just stuck mm-hmm. it out longer, or if I could have just done this or that, you know? And so that's what keeps me motivated. Obviously my family is also a big motivator. I'm just watching them and, you know, their financial struggles early on for sure. So, so I keep that in mind, but it is absolutely possible. And I'm someone who literally started at the bottom, like selling corn on the side of the road was where I started. (laughs) And so, you know, people see the outcome and the results Mm -hmm. now, and they just assume that I had a leg up or that I had money or whatever. Yeah. But when I set out on my journey, I was like, is it possible to be yourself, be a good person and just be successful? And that's all I was genuinely curious about. And so I will say by my definition of success, it's absolutely possible. Obviously, whatever it is you're looking for, you've got to, you know, answer those questions yourself. But that's that's kind of what it's what it's been like for me. The good thing is that you're you're like dreaming. You know, that you have dreams and you're actually pursuing them. I feel like a lot of people have dreams, but they put them on the back burner because they either don't feel entitled to achieve those dreams or someone convinced them that they shouldn't go after those dreams or that they're selfish or some somebody, something got in their head and told them, stop, just mm-hmm. settle. Yeah, A lot of Hispanics are like that. A yeah. lot of my family members, when I started getting into business, you know, at first they were like, oh, why are you doing that one business? Like, you're not going to work. It's not mm-hmm. going to work out. You're never going to make money. You're just scamming people. <laughs> uh, who do you think you are to be wearing suits and, you know, thinking that you're going to these meetings? And I was like, Theo, shut up. Like, don't worry about me. Like, don't worry it's about me. You ain't paying my bills. To you. Right? Yeah. And then and now it still hasn't changed because now I make a lot more money than they do. Yeah. And now it's. Oh, it is cool. Oh, you don't pay for anything. Or hey, you're the one that makes money, so why don't you buy the the carne and the <laughs> cervezas? Yeah. Like you're the rich one. Like pay for our vacation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, when I needed your help, you didn't support me. Mm-hmm. So I'll yeah. come and you buy your own stuff and I buy my own stuff. It's do cool. Ever, do you ever get asked to be padrino for anything? Uh, actually, <laughs> That's the true, no. That's the true test. Yeah. No, because I'm not close to my cousins like that. Oh, gotcha. Like, but it comes back to the same thing that they're stuck on that same mentality as my mm-hmm. family members. And so they see me and they feel uncomfortable. Yep. But I'm never going to change for someone that, like, I'm not going to change for anybody. Mm-hmm. A mentor of mine once said, when you buy someone's opinion, you buy their lifestyle. Yeah, I'm good. And, they can, they can <laughs> keep it. and so yeah. I I do think that, you know, early on, I th- I got good at setting boundaries with my family because I will say it's always the ones closest to you that mm-hmm. you want to help the most, but are often the most negative too. So yeah. it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? And so I got really good at setting boundaries early on with my family and just saying like, I need to remove myself from one, the situation, like from the house. I moved, I was one of the, the first to move out and stay out of the house. Um, and it's just because I knew that, to get to where I wanted to get to, I was going to have to surround myself with people who had what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I had those uncomfortable conversations. And again, if you're in that situation, either with a negative spouse or parents, um, you know, trying, I never got disrespectful with my mom. I always tried to bring her along the journey and help her understand what I was doing early in college too, when I had overnight trips or anything like that you know like heaven forbid i sleep over somewhere besides my house hispanics are crazy where you at where you you with domingo siete you know like my mom was very big on just being protective of us and Mm -hmm. i understand where that comes from and i'm so thankful that she was um there to really help me and my sister but i just knew that she didn't know anything larger than the world she grew up in yeah so what really helped was one i tried to involve her as much as possible and at least share with her why i was doing it and then two i got her an all expense paid trip to hawaii with one of my one of the um perks that i had won with work 
And then, you know, it was honestly such a turning point, though. And so sometimes I was going to say people are going to need you're going to need to know who to cut off and who to listen Mm -hmm. to. And again, not in a negative way. It's just you're going to have to know who's who's some people are going to be a build with and other people will be a build through. And so with my parents, I was just like, I'm just going to give it time. I'm going to keep doing what I know I need to do. And now my mom always tells me like she's so proud and she gets it. Um, But I took her on the all expense paid trip to Hawaii. I won a president's club getaway. And that was always a dream of hers. And she hates flying. And so I had to remind her that Hawaii is an island. (laughs) And then we had to fly, you know, and so surrounded by water. Yeah. So I was like, si quieres venir, you know, you're gonna have to get on a plane. Uh And she came with me. And what was amazing was having her experience that and just, um, I let her pick out the rental car. Like when we landed, I was like, pick out any car you want. She picked out a red Mustang convertible. Um, <laughs> she got comfortable with the all-inclusive real quick. <laughs> like at first she was like, no, she didn't want breakfast. Like she wanted something small. And then, then she got comfortable with the buffet, <laughs> you know, but we were right on the beach. Like you could walk out of our condo. We were there. She was like FaceTiming my dad from home. And it was just such a great memory for us. We just spent that whole week island hopping together. Um, she had Hawaiian shaved ice for the first time in Hawaii. And she was, it was like all you can eat, whatever, you know. So just seeing her enjoy that was, we went, um, we took a catamaran ride, you know, and we were snorkeling and she was laughing, hanging out with the captain. <laughs> Not disrespectfully, but <laughs> 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 she was just chilling, you know, on the boat. And so Living I will say, yeah, you know, sometimes it's going to take your family members a while to get it. And now my brothers and sisters, they get it. And they're like, you know, they, my nieces and nephews, you know, they're like, oh, you know, be like your tia Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> and they can see that, but it's, it does take time. And mm-hmm. I was going to say, if you have, if you're in a situation with a negative spouse or anything like that, try and help bring them along or help them understand why you're doing it. And especially as moms, you have mom guilt. Um, I've met so many moms that have that. And I'll say your kids, well, I don't, there's aspects of my childhood that I remember, but now knowing what my parents were doing and what my dad was sacrificing, like it makes so much sense. And honestly, it'll be a blink for them. They'll get over it. Kids don't remember everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have kids of my own, but seeing my nieces and nephews now and like my brother, he's also does the entrepreneur thing. He's such a great dad and I know his kids are fine and they won't realize all the things that they, you know, we think they're missing out on. My mom always tells me, you know, I didn't give you anything. And to see where you are now, she's like, you didn't have a leg up. Like you have three other siblings and your life is totally different, you know? Mm -hmm. So people say it's your environment, but so much of it is actually your internal environment, not where you physically are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I have a hard time with that. Like a lot of people use the whole, you're a product of your environment excuse and all that. And I mean, for a lot of people, it can be right. But mm-hmm. I really think we all have a choice into what kind of life we want, right? We're all given um, the same 24 hours. You can choose how you want to use your 24 hours. So I, and it's awesome that you brought that up because I think that's the hardest part of the entrepreneurial journey is uh, the support because we think, oh, we're going to start a business. Like all these people are going to support me, uh, you know, your closest friends, closest family and they're your biggest haters <laughs> like it sucks and they're that's just worse. that's just how it is like but they're all watching yeah, yeah. no they all watch and that's we the thing. see you on our ig story hell right yeah <laughs> i see every single one of you guys <laughs> uh, it's true that they they all watch and it's true like i i had some similar same thing with like my parents and now like my dad's asking what do you do he's like you need to get me in on what you do because <laughs> i want the life that you're living yeah so you know and i obviously like i i want to help my dad as much as yeah. i can it's not one of those things where like oh you rejected my invitation when <laughs> I was barely starting you didn't believe in me but um I think one of the big things you got to have tough skin and really you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast just being uh, really self-disciplined and believing in what it is that you're doing I think if you lack that belief it's very easy to get um a go away from what it is that you're trying mm-hmm. to do and go back to your old self yeah. and you really have to have that self-discipline know who I am know what I'm achieving and just go for it because sometimes you got to be your own cheerleader 
Like oh, you're not yeah. going to have somebody on the sideline for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've learned. Just I got to believe in myself, know who I am, what I'm trying to accomplish and know that I'm going to do it. Um, I think that's what that's what motivates me to keep going, because, you know, there's it, it would be nice to have somebody there that's going to support you and really like push you and, and be that encouraging factor. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, for a lot of us, we don't have that. And I'll say for women, too, there was often times. So I built my first business was network marketing, which if you ever want to get in something that really tries your every <laughs> emotional, you know, your friendships, whatever. Facts. I, I, I have Facts. no problems with network marketing. It is uh, as a career professional marketer. It is a, a tried and proven channel. So to each their own. I had a great experience. But, um, you know, a lot of women feel like, man, if I just had a spouse that. I could build so much more. I could do this, that, and the other. And sometimes, you know, you would see other couples and you were like, oh, I, you know, I I wish I had somebody so I could build an empire with. And you kind of over glorify what it would be like to have a spouse. Mm -hmm. And I know people that have spouses and they're not in that situation. And so I feel like, especially as women, you need to learn not to put having a spouse or a significant other on a pedestal. And learn those skills yourself. Mm-hmm. I, when I became a homeowner, I had always dreamed of like Disney movies ruin you for one. <laughs> but like, the you, yeah, <laughs> you just think like, oh, when I have a house, I mean, we're gonna be cute, picking out colors together, and carpet, and this and the other. And I went to the paint store for the first time, and like, I didn't know what paint chips were like there were so many things like I just wanted paint and then they're asking me is it high traffic area is that do you have kids like are they touching the wall and I didn't realize there was like all these coats eggshell whatever right yeah. and but you just learn and YouTube is there Google mm-hmm. is there um I've changed my own garbage disposal I changed my own filters um and I just you know I bought my own tool set and it's like again sometimes you just have to suck it up and mm-hmm. say you know what if that if that comes into my life, great. But if it doesn't, like now you're just prepared and there's something about being capable that feels so good and knowing that, you know, regardless of what happens, you have the ability to to um, run your own household and stuff like that. So I would share that message with women in specific. Mm-hmm. And then again, with, you know, the haters or people watching, I always used, <laughs> I always used to joke and say, you know, you get them all. People come back around, and they have for me. There's a, a CEO in particular that I had a very negative experience with who, you know, at some point took me out to breakfast and was basically telling me that he had been interviewing my replacement. And I was like, <laughs> awesome. I lo- you ruined breakfast for me because I won. I love breakfast, and I was so excited <laughs> for breakfast. But you know what? We had that conversation, and he just – you know, told me what he thought about me. And I made notes of that, made changes where I could eventually left that situation. And lo and behold, you know, months and months later, he reaches out and was like, Hey, um, I could really use your help with some marketing. Do you want to come out to lunch? No, (laughs) I don't, but thank you. You know? And so people, people come back around and however long it takes, that's not my responsibility. I've gone to the point where I don't take things personally from people who don't know me personally. And so, you know, let whoever say whatever. You just focus on your journey and getting better. Um, but people do come back around, whether it's your exes or mm. your ex-coworkers. <laughs> people pay attention, but you have to remain consistent mm-hmm. long enough in the journey for that to happen. And... There hasn't been one person who has left, you know, communication or contact with me that has ended up in a better situation. Um, And I I will wish everyone well. I have no hate for anyone. But again, you just you just have to be okay with the reflection looking at you in the mirror. And that's what I focus on. I know my conscience is clear. I know where Mm -hmm. my character's at. And then, I you know. I put it out there in the universe and I, I do feel like karma is real and good, you know, what you, what you put out what there put comes out, back yep. to you. So, um, if you haven't read the secret, big believer in the secret and, and that whole lifestyle and kind of way of thinking. Talking about that. I did want to recommend a few books for some of the people that maybe don't have like spouses or someone that is there as your cheerleader or someone that has elevated to your level that you guys feed off of each other. 
Um, one of the ones uh, that helped me out a lot before I found my wife or whatever was 177 Mental Toughness Secrets of the World Class. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever read that book? No. Okay, that, that got me through a lot of rough patches because it helps you think like the world class. And it talks about the different types of mindsets that different people have that get you to certain levels. Because you taught, you said something, you talked about um, if you want to make more money, you mm-hmm. know, you you just you go for it, right? You yep. want it. You you just decide. You just go mm-hmm. after it. Some people don't think that they can go make more money because they want they don't want to rock the boat. They mm-hmm. want to stay in that same same spot. And the only difference is not that your mom or even and that reminds me a lot about my mom because she's been in the same job for like 15 years, mm-hmm. makes the same amount of money. She does. It's consistent. She knows yeah. when she goes in. She knows when she comes out. Mom's amazing. One of the hardest workers I've ever met in my life. But it's a paradigm. Mm-hmm. It's just a shift. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you don't have someone to shift you, you you just like you were saying, Stephen, you got to shift yourself. Mm-hmm. So two things. Read a lot of books and learn how to do incantations. Incantations, they might be a little funny, but but they really work because that's how you'll build your own self-esteem. So then you can have a clear conscience that when you're talking with people or coming from a, a good place, from a, a like you're having a hard to talk, a hard to hard or you're not trying to ha- make create harm or tension or anything but you're just trying to improve that person's life or or improve your situation or whatever Mm -hmm. and then if by if things just don't work out well that's nothing on you you were just being a better person you were being a good person trying to help trying to give good advice and maybe they didn't take it maybe they you got to work a little bit on yourself too they can go work (laughs) on themselves and then you can revisit the conversation again Mm -hmm. five years later but if you don't have that 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 would be my suggestion yep the the what's gonna create you that uh i think what was that saying you said earlier Stephen about the people that you hang out with oh like the difference between who you are today and five years from now are the books you read and the people you you surround yourself, yep. you surround yeah. yourself with personal development is huge mm-hmm. um I, that's also what i do love about the network marketing space right is the personal development time you spend um so absolutely like i said I, so much of my success and you can define that however you want, but so much of my growth has come from just becoming a better person. And that only came from taking time to invest in myself. And whether that's, um, reading books, going to events, going to seminars, being around people that had what I wanted and the lifestyle that I wanted. Um, you definitely have to elevate your way of thinking and, Surround yourself with the people that outthink you. And especially if you're coming from a place of brokenness, and I don't mean brokenness in the sense of like a broken home, but I do 100% believe that broke is a mindset. Mm-hmm. And um, I love Secrets of a Millionaire Mind as a book um, because it talks about your money blueprint and that if you're someone who is constantly um, saving for a rainy day, you're already manifesting a rainy day, right? And so, yeah. some of it, so much of it was just re-engineering your manifestations that you're putting out there and your money blueprint. And so, I was of the mindset where I was, I was raised to be kind of that paycheck to paycheck struggle kind of struggle life. And so, and they've done studies on this where even if you have a lot of income, if that's your money blueprint, somehow you find a way to end up back in that same situation, mm-hmm. right? So I just um, am constantly manifesting if you're ever, um, you know, my my house is filled with um, positive sayings and energy that's out there. And I always say, you know, I'm a money magnet. Uh, Money just shows and comes comes easily to me. And I I told my friend the other day, you know, I only check my bank account for fraud. I I genuinely (laughs) don't worry about what's in there. And that's not to be, um, you know, boastful in any way. It's just a change of mentality. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully, you know, the reason I share those things is to inspire and motivate people that you don't have to live in a dysfunctional, um, you know, uh, struggle life. Um, Especially as Latinas, there were so many uh, girls that I grew up with that ended up being young moms very early. And I knew that I even had to, as much as I wished that I could have brought them with me, I had to cut ties with with people in my circle because I was like, if I don't, I'm going to end up in those same situations. Um, 
And since then, some of those women have reached out to me and they say, we love seeing your content. Like, thank you for doing that and posting that. It just reminds me that I can do it too. And even if their journey starts after mine, you know, it's still possible. So don't feel that like, even if you maybe went through some things early on, um, that there's not a way for you to come back because there absolutely is. But that personal development that you said is so, so important. And so I would say above all, like, invest in that if that means you have to wear like I shopped at Ross my whole life like we <laughs> the my mom was like yard sales every Saturday like I was not the cool trendy kid and even now that's that's never been my thing like I prefer to create memories and travel and stuff but um sometimes you're gonna have to make those sacrifices and when I bought my first home I mean I was saving for my down payment I slept in my kitchen on an air mattress and Cause I came from a one bedroom I have a, you know, three bedroom until I could afford to furnish it. And I just was like, who cares? This is where mm-hmm. I'm starting. Um, so ignore what other people are going to think or say about you. Um, because you know, you got your, your own back. Yeah. That's, that's it. It's okay to be selfish when it comes to your own personal growth. That's, that's the biggest thing. Cause no one's going to love you the way you are going to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Even if you are married, you always have to love yourself <laughs> more. Yeah, true. So, uh, Crystal, appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I learned a lot from you, from your story. Obviously, I already had a level of respect for you, and it just increased um, just seeing what it is that you're doing, also the work that you're trying to do to give back. Um, I know you said a lot already mm-hmm. uh, prior to, to us ending the show, but what is one thing you want to leave with uh, the listeners that you want them to take away from your story? For sure. I think my biggest thing is be genuine. Um, I even if I didn't have all the answers, I was always that person that would just say I don't have all the answers right now. I am not of the mindset of flexing and fake it till you make it. I always say figure it out till you get it right. Um, And if that means taking extra time in your craft, do that. Um, I feel like so much of my success has just come from authenticity and people feeling like, you know, I can relate to you or you feel really, you seem really real. And my hope is that if you ever see me on social media or meet me in person, that those two people match. Um, and so I, you know, just get comfortable in your own skin and that's only going to come with time and practice and, um, really be conscious of the people in your circle because, there's a difference between people who are really in your corner and people who are just in your business. And so um, that's the the one thing I would leave is just come from a place of good intention and authenticity and people will open doors for you that you wouldn't have otherwise had access to. Um, there's so many small acts of kindness that I've done with no in- ulterior motive other than to show love for somebody and that has always come back in return. So don't be afraid to be a good person and know that you can make a lot of money and be successful because it doesn't have to be lonely at the top. Um, And honestly, it's so much more rewarding when you have people that, you know, have good things to say about you and, and have that kind of love and respect for you. Awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> All the Amen. fields. Hell yeah. We'll end with that. Yeah, no, I thank you. No, like I said, we, I think we all learned a lot. I appreciate your time uh, for, you know, taking okay. out your day. Obviously, you're busy and you took some time to be able to uh, sit down with us and give some uh, information to our clients, some some good content here. Um, if people wanted to reach out to you, where it is, where where can they find you? For sure. Um, you can hit me up on I'm on all platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. It's just at Crystal Guerra. Um, I also have my website, crystalguerra.com. Um, but yeah, I've got, you know, just Google. If you Google me, you'll find me. <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're going to plug you in, um, obviously, at the in the description of this podcast in our IG. Um, we're going to plug you in so people can find you if they have questions or whatever. Uh, they could reach out to you directly. And, um, you know, thank you for, again for being on the show. Thanks, Rafael. Thanks, Hector, for, for producing uh, the very first uh, episode professionally produced. So we're excited to have that. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We hope that you guys uh, were able to take some, some knowledge away and hopefully, you know, motivate you to go out and chase your dreams. And as always, uh, if you're blessed enough to, if you're blessed to wake up today, you're blessed enough to uh, go out and chase your dreams. So dream chasers out. Peace.